Hi, and welcome back to NFL Game Time Podcast with your hosts, I'm Alex Rubinson. And I'm Shai Dweck. We're already at week five of the NFL season. Time has really flown by. I remember just a few weeks ago, we were all, you know, hyped up for week one. And now we're, you know, just about 25%, uh, you know, through the regular season, which is definitely hard to believe. We have, you know, so many great, exciting games. We're really starting to get into the thick of the NFL season where, you know, obviously it's still too early to be thinking playoffs, but you do see some of the teams starting to separate themselves from the rest of the pack. We'll be you know, breaking down each and every game like we always do, picking our winners, saying why, saying maybe some, some surprise picks this week, along with teams continuing to roll on. So let's get right into it, because it's game time! So we have an, really, maybe this might be the best matchup of the week. Thursday night football, division battle, Rams coming off their first loss, a surprising loss in my mind of the season to to. Another division rival, the Arizona Cardinals. Meanwhile, Seattle Seahawks getting on back, getting back on track against another one of their division rivals, the San Francisco 49ers, three and one, LA traveling to the two and two Seattle Seahawks. As the Rams, in my mind, are the better team. They're the better team, and Shy, I want to get your thoughts on this because I was thinking about it, you know, throughout the day. I think if I had to make a prediction, and I, you know, you don't really want to bet against Tom Brady. That's not the smartest thing to do. But I feel like right now the Rams, in my mind, are like the clubhouse leaders to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Now, as I said, we're four games into the season. A lot can, and a lot I think will change between now and you know late December into January. But right now, I think the Rams are the best team in in the NFC and possibly the NFL, despite their loss to the Arizona Cardinals. With Arizona, it was an impressive win last week, no doubt about it, but I almost want to see them do it again before proclaiming them better than LA. Yeah, I think that I think that's very fair. I think the Rams are just a team that's really balanced, and they seem to just especially be firing on all cylinders offensively without really missing much of a beat from their defensive performance of performances of last season. Um, looking at this game, it's an NFC West football. I'm uh, really excited to, to to kind of to kind of see how they respond against another division opponent, because especially on a short week. Exactly, um, because this the reality is division football. These are really probably the best division in football. You're gonna trade some games, and that's okay. You know, even obviously you don't want to do it in the manner, but they lost to Arizona last week for sure. But I think it, it's understandable, and those those growing pains. Hopefully, will spark some rejuvenation, some insight. I'm looking for how Sean McVay will respond in a hostile environment in Seattle, and I think they were going to respond well, Alex. So, having said my whole spiel on how I think the Rams are the best team in the NFC, at least week five, I'm going with the upset. You know, I think as Baker Mayfield once said, I woke up feeling dangerous. So, I'm going with the upset, and I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. I- There's just something about short week. I know they both play on the West Coast, but short week going into Seattle to play. You know, I know they won last week, but Russell Wilson, I still think, is a little ticked off. And I think the Seahawks team is just still a little ticked off about what happened, you know, in weeks two and three, blowing it against Tennessee, not playing well against the Vikings, you know, being one and two, now two and two. And I think they're going to, you know, the Niners, obviously, Garoppolo got injured. They're not the best team in that division. I do think the Rams are. But I think getting that boost of confidence against a division opponent 
short week, I think that can carry in when you're not going to have much practice time. You know, some teams, you, you feel like you have that good week of practice, that can be your boost. Neither of those teams will have that feeling because it's mainly been walkthroughs, you know, this week with, you know, having really only three days to prepare. So I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. I do think it is an upset. The Rams should be favored in this game and should be considered the favorite. But I think it's going to be a really close game. It should come down to who has the ball last. And really, I trust both these quarterbacks. But there's something about Russell Wilson that I think he's going to, he's going to play his best football uh, this week. And I think he's going to come out firing on all cylinders. So I I think this Rams defense, I really do like it. And, you know, Ramsey against Metcalf should be a fun battle. But I think, you know... I do think we've seen this Rams defense, especially last week, get exploited in some ways that maybe we originally did not expect. So I really like, I think Russell Wilson's going to come out firing on other cylinders, and I think the Seahawks pull off you know, a big win and a division upset. I think that's fair. I think it's going to be a close game. I simply do not see how the Seahawks defense can match, in my mind, what is maybe the most explosive offense in the NFL. Uh, when Matt, when that play action game is going with Matt Stafford's taking shots down the field, finding Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, there's there just a lot of weapons to be utilized. The running game is also really good. The offensive line is giving Stafford a ton of time to throw. I just do not see how they have the firepower defensively. Seattle does doesn't have to 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 match up with that. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a, a tall task. Um, and also getting back to to to, to that Rams defense. I also I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Russell Wilson will get his. But I do think that Jalen Ramsey is going to take one of these Seattle, Seahawks, uh, Seattle receivers, whether that is DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, out of the game. We've seen him do that last year, Alex. Well, at the same time, though, he, for the most part, took Hopkins out of the, out of the game. And we saw, saw how Kyler Murray in that Cardinals offense was still able to score pretty much at ease. And I would, right now, I mean, yes, you know, maybe... Arizona has more depth. Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk. Certainly has more depth. They have more depth. I do agree with you there. But at the same time, let's say, for example, he takes Metcalf out of the game. I like, you know, Tyra Lockett better than any one of the Cardinals' number two receivers. And I, you know, I know they have Williams, you know, Darius Williams. And, you know, I really like him as their corner too. But, you know, we'll see how he does against an explosive receiver like Lockett. But as I said, you know, we saw guys like A.J. Green you know, who we thought was pretty much done for in terms of his career, have a, a resurgent game against this Rams secondary. I, I still really like this Rams secondary, but they lost a couple guys to Cleveland in uh, Troy Hill and John, John Johnson, and I think they're still adjusting to some of those losses. Yeah, I, I think that's that. I think depth comes into play with both sides, Arizona having more and uh, – the, the Rams losing some last offseason, as I was talking about uh, multiple podcasts ago now. But um, I, do, I do like the, the, the Rams here, just having that slight edge as the better team. But I understand why you can, uh, you know, why Russell Wilson might feel dangerous at, at, his home, at his home turf. Yes, yes. We'll see how unlimited he is tonight. So now we go to the first London game. In two years, you know, obviously with the pandemic last year, the NFL canceled all international games. Now they're going back to London. Jets, Falcons, maybe not the most exciting game, but, you know, we do get to see Zach Wilson. And I'll say about the Falcons is they're playing much better as of late. They've been competitive. You know, they they gave the Bucks a run for their money at one point. They beat the Giants. And then, you know, they were right there at the end, <clears throat> excuse me, against Washington. So they're playing much better 
No Russell Gage and no Calvin Ridley, though. And that's a big loss. You're relying on Kyle Pitts, who really hasn't had that breakout game yet. You're still really waiting for him to break through and have that huge performance. Maybe it happens this week against you know a bad or a bad Jets secondary with no one else to throw to. I'm gonna go with the Falcons. I think this game is close. I think last week's performance against the Titans, even if it's a bad secondary, that has to you know uh, the confidence you get from that game for a young rookie quarterback like Zach Wilson. I think that's unlimited. So I. I really think that, yeah, Zach Wilson, he's feeling himself right now. I do think that's going to carry over. I do think this Jets offense will be able to move the ball against a suspect Falcons defense. But right now I'm going to take the more experienced quarterback in Ryan. I think Wilson is still figuring out the ins and outs of the NFL. So I'm going to go I'm going to go with the Atlanta with the Falcons here, but I think it's going to be close especially with the top two wide receivers out for Atlanta, but I do think it opens things up for Pitts, and I expect Cordero uh, Patterson to continue his resurgence and have a really nice game here. I'm gonna take the Jets. Um, I'm I'm and I'm not just riding that way because they had that crazy upset win over Tennessee. I I think that as you said, Zach Wilson's building that confidence, and this is gonna be a high scoring game. Um, it's that, that's the reality of it. Both defenses aren't very good. I think we both think that the Jets may have a little bit better of a defense, um, especially with AJ Terrell having missed time and being banged up. But 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 for me, I just see the Jets as a as a hungrier team, a younger team, a hungrier team, and in a team that's that's uh feeling really good. They don't know the same. They haven't known the same kind of defeat. I think the Falcons have known. Sometimes losing those close games can get you into kind of a, a, a habit of, of you know, of, of getting that taste in your mouth and being okay with it. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Steelers fan right now. Although we haven't lost close games. Yeah, you, you uh, haven't, you've lost. They just haven't been close games. Right. So I, If we're talking about close games, I feel like I should be, as the Giants right, fan, right. I should be the one that's talking. Right. The, heart, uh, the heartbreak. I, I think Zach Wilson is going to come out here against a defense that is suspect to say the least. Right. They, they he was just played a de- uh, a, a Tennessee that's probably a little bit better than its Atlanta defense if, you know, the Tennessee defense is terrible. Sure. <laughs> no, a little I mean, bit. No, I mean, it's better, but we'll get barely. to we'll get to Tennessee later. I have there are concerns about that team. Of course. And I but I just think he's going to build off that. He's pl- he, those those are the two Easiest defenses he's playing is in it, uh, perhaps in his schedule, and he's going to be able to to build. Well, no, he and, does practice against his defense. Right, right, <laughs> on his schedule that he plays in the regular season, not including his practice schedule. Right, exactly. Um, so I think you know the his first two weeks he was playing harder opponents. I think now he'll gain confidence, and, and that Jets offense will move the ball, and maybe they get a couple more stops than Atlanta defense does. Yeah, we both expect it to be high scoring. You know, should be a fun one with the NFL going international once again. You you got the Jets. I think we both think it's close, but I am going with the Atlanta Falcons, going with the more experienced quarterback and the more experienced team all around. And they, and they have been playing better as of late. So now we're going to the Detroit Lions, 0-4. But for the most part, I feel like, you know, there's only two 0-4 teams, so it's tough to say they're the best oh, you know zero-win team, team when there's only two to choose from. But they have been playing well. Uh, you know, obviously Packers was more competitive than people thought, and they nearly beat Baltimore and San Fran. Last week was a bit of a step back against a Chicago team that 
you know, probably the worst team on their schedule up to date, and they kind of laid an egg for the most part. Fields had his way for Chicago. Taking on the Minnesota Vikings, who are 1-3. and three. They easily could be 3-1, and one, though. You know, we talked about tough games to lose. Losing to Cleveland by one score, couldn't just get that final play. Questionable pass, you know, no call on the pass interference. Greg Joseph missing a couple kicks against Arizona. That would have won them the game. I'm going with the Vikings. This game is in Minnesota. You know, I know you might say Dome versus Dome. What does it matter? This Vikings team plays much better at home. At least that's what I feel like. Uh, plus, you know, no matter their record, Vikings, the Vikings crowd will show themselves. They're going to be loud. And again, this Lions team, they're still, figuring it, they're still figuring out how to win. They're still young. They're inexperienced from both a player perspective and a coaching perspective. So I am going with the Vikings. I think the Lions will be able to make some plays. But I think with the game being at home, Minnesota, again, has played some really tough competitive games against really good teams as of late. They just haven't been able to finish them off. Playing a lesser team, I think the Vikings get the win and, and improve to 2-3 and three on the year. Had this game been in Detroit, I would have picked the Lions to get their first one of the year. But I think it's a little bit of a lot to ask going into a loud, you know, Viking stadium. I, I think dome versus dome, it does matter. It, you know, I, in some case, I think in this case, not in all cases, but I think in this case, it absolutely does. Yeah. So I, I, I just think things are going to be difficult for that for that Lions offense, um, especially just going into that environment. Um, but early, I think this is going to be a competitive game. Um, I just, who's going to cover Thielen? Who's going to cover Jefferson? Thielen's had a monster year so far, especially in the red zone. It seems like Jefferson's been playing better as of late. I just don't know how this secondary can stop. You know, so two of the, maybe one of the sneakier, better uh, wide receiver duos in football. I think that's a, that's a very solid point. Uh, I would say the thing that stops that receiving duo is the inconsistency of Kirk Cousins and that offensive line. It's been better this year. But they're all, I mean, you know, with all due respect, the Lions... That don't have exactly have a great pass rush. Right, exactly. So it's not, you know, it's but not they've like... they've played hard-nosed football they have, on both but sides. I'm saying this isn't like they have a great pass rush and a bad secondary. Yeah, their pass rush isn't much better than their secondary. That's true. But they have played solid run defense. Uh, and Cook, Cook's dealing with an injury. We'll see how much right. he plays, although Madison... No, we know Madison can fill the void, you know, without Quite much well. without much drop off. Right. So I mean, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm picking the Vikings to win here at home, but I am foreshadowing perhaps an upset pick in the Lions' favor later down the line. I like I like this team. Yeah, and the, they're really building a nice foundation, which we have said multiple times on the podcast, you know, in episodes prior. But I think we both like what the Lions are building, and we feel like. Yes, they're still probably three or four years away, but at least they have a sense of direction and they're going to follow the plan. No shortcuts. They have a ton of draft picks, which is always, you know, a benefit. So we really like what the Lions are building and we really like, you know, Brad Holmes, their GM. And from what we've seen so far, Dan Campbell has done a really nice job, you know, especially considering all the criticism he got. Absolutely. So now I think maybe the toughest game to pick, you know, all... All uh, weekend long, this might be the toughest game to pick. The New Orleans Saints coming off a gut-wrenching loss to the New York Giants. First game in the Superdome with you know full crowd since the be- you know before the pandemic and before the hurricane. Yeah, build a twenty-one to ten lead. It is twenty-one to ten in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it seems like the game's pretty much over. You blow the lead in the fourth, losing overtime. 
now you have to travel on the road to Washington, a team that hasn't played very well, specifically that defense. That defense has been terrible. I mean, you know, I thought maybe it was due for some regression, but they also added guys like William Jackson, Landon Collins, not the best in coverage, but and coming off a serious injury, but the way they work him him in, knowing they already have a strong defense, I thought would really benefit that, you know, that team as a whole. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Washington though. I think this game's in Washington. If this game were in the Superdome, I would go with the Saints because I think that's something where dome you know dome versus you know out, outside elements matter. Jameis Winston, you know, he's been explosive at times, and at other times he's been just a game manager, which at times, which is kind of what you want for the Saints, you know, not turning the ball over. I do think Alvin Kamara has a big game. You know, this Washington defense has really struggled through the first four games of the year, so I think it's going to be a big Alvin Kamara game. But I just think, you know, this Washington offense has been okay, and bet, you know, they had a bad game against Buffalo, bounced back against a bad Falcons defense. But I, I, I think this is going to be a fairly low-scoring game. I think points are going to be hard to come by. So with the game not being in New Orleans, I am going to go with Washington. I think Washington forces you know at least one, probably two, or even more turnovers against Jameis Winston. And this is going to be a tough physical game, but I'm, I give the edge to Washington. I, I, you know, I think this game could be a little bit more high-scoring than you think, Alex. Uh, with the, with the. Well, okay, so I think the winning. I don't think it's gonna be you know like I don't it might need, the winning team might score over twenty but yeah you know, I think compared to some of these other games like I would I would be fairly surprised if one team scored thirty thirty one to thirty four points I think one team it's possible it's possible I'm not I'm not ruling it out completely but I think compared to some of these other games I think it's gonna be fairly low scoring that's fair uh, I I I wouldn't pick Washington as well. Um, for me, it comes down to two things. And, and, and this Washington defense is really concerning to me. It's very underwhelming. It, it, it's, it, They're one of the it, biggest disappointments of the season so far. Absolutely. There's no, there's no question about it. And it's got to be frustrating for them because the, the amount of talent that they've amassed um, if, on that if side I of the If I have this right, you know, the Chase Young, popular pick for defensive player of the year. I believe he has zero sacks. Now, obviously, pressures, knockdowns, you know, a lot of things can mm-hmm. mean he's getting pressure and just not getting sacks. But still, zero sacks is zero sacks, and he's not finishing plays. He's not getting, you know, he's not sack. He's not tackling the quarterback to the point where I think a lot of people thought he would. You know, he's still been very good, but to be honest, and it also shows how great this team is, but is he even the best pass rusher on his own team? It, it it it's hard to say at, at at this point, you know. I think it's it for the first two weeks it was Jonathan Allen who 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 was who was getting a lot of the, that rush there from the interior. Montez Sweat has you know been really good, really consistent since he stepped foot onto an NFL field. Exactly. So I mean, it, it's been disappointing, but I think the two factors make a difference for me is one. I think Jameis Winston's going to make a mistake outside the dome. As I it's do. inevitably going to oh, happen. As do I. Um, but um, I, I also think that Taylor Heineke can be a man on the mission sometimes. When he plays with confidence, I know the Falcons' defense is not the Saints' defense. The Saints are significantly better. But let's remember, they didn't look too great against the, the Giants last week, although the Giants... Have have some playmakers on that side of the ball and have emerged, but I think that they have, it's Daniel Jones. But we'll get to that later, right? 
he's no Dan. How he's no Daniel Jones? But there with we that, go. That there being go. said, I think he can make some plays. Um, you know, he's shown the ability to make tight window throws, which he's going to have to do. And he's shown the ability to just play with confidence and march his team down the field. And you have to account for his rushing ability as well. Exactly. So I, I, I'm, I'm liking Washington to, 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 to come off a, a, a close win, a win that that that, that would have liked to been closer. Uh, or in closer, but they like to been. Uh, uh, it was already pretty close, right? <laughs> they, they, they would have liked to be, they felt more confident about. But I think but a win's those a win. Close wins almost build more confidence exactly. than a dominating win. Sometimes exactly. those close wins say, "Hey, we can win these games late. If we're tied or even down with two, three minutes left, we've proved we can do it at the NFL level. We can go down the field and score when we have to." So exactly. that, even though it's against a suspect Atlanta defense. Knowing they want it in that fashion might be and more... And the ability to put up 34 points. Might be more telling and a more of a confidence boost to themselves, at least inside the locker room, than if they had won, you know, 30 to 20 or something like that. More of a, you know, wider range win, so... I, I, I completely agree. So for those reasons, I, I like Washington to advance to 3-2. and two. So now we go, the New England Patriots taking on, traveling to the Houston Texans... This is a game where I don't think home field advantage matters. You know, maybe it won't be as much of a blowout because it's in Houston. But, you know, we saw Patriots, they gave Tampa everything they could handle. Mac Jones played very well against, yeah, a suspect secondary, but a great defensive line. Houston's defense is not as good as the Bucks, even as banged up as that Bucks secondary is. Davis Mills looks decent his first start. Not great this second start. New, I, I got New England winning this game. And I think Houston, obviously, you're building towards the future. There are just not many bright spots on this Texans team. Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton to say. I think uh, Mac Jones will do a good, you know, Tom Brady impression against this, this Houston defense and slice through it like butter. That I mean, that's about all, all I can say. I, I have New England in a big, in a big win. Yeah, Mac Jones... I, it's early. I'm not saying he will be this, but through four weeks, he's been the best rookie quarterback. He's looked good. He's, he's been very, good. very solid. Yeah. It's all about can he take the next step and not just be a you know the game manager. That he's, he's not kinda... trying to do too much though, which is important. And I think that's that that's something that the coaches in New England have really kind of instilled in him, which is really good to learn early on as a quarterback. I mean, Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest player of all time, was a game manager his first few years in New England, exactly. even when they were winning Super Bowls. Exactly. So now, speaking of that quarterback, Tom Brady hosting the Miami Dolphins, a team that he has shook, that of all the teams he played against in New England, he struggled the most with the Dolphins. You know, he Dolphins always gave him a fight, lost some, lost some good games, but I'm going with the Buccaneers. Uh, this Dolphins team, you know, they almost beat the Raiders, so we're thinking, okay, they're getting back on track, even without Tua, and then you know they lay in, you know, they pretty much lay an egg. They just have not looked good. They have not looked good. It's been a very disappointing year. You had to make in the playoffs. I did not, but I thought they'd be better than what they are now. Games in Tampa. I think Brady and the Bucks are going to respond really well, you know, after a narrow win. They almost lost that game, and I think they want to prove that, no, we're a dominant team. It's in Tampa. Again, Miami, it's not a huge trip with both teams being in Florida, but I think Brady gets back on track. I think the Bucks as a whole gets back on track. I am worried about that secondary, but 
but I think, you know, this is the game to kind of see what you have in some of your backups, because I don't think it'll make too much of a difference here. Alex, this is going to be a rout. This is going to be a blowout. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to call it. I'm, I'm confident. Look, this Miami defense has been, for the most part, poor. It's been poor. Brian Flores has taken a step back as a head coach. I, I still like him. I still think he's gonna, he can have success, but he's taken a step back. They just looked hapless and helpless at times on, on, on really both sides of the ball. And it's not just that quarterback situation, which is concerning on the, on the offensive side of the ball for Miami. It's, they just lack really explosion or a lot of rhythm as in the run game. And the passing game, it feels like they have to work for every completion. And that's a problem. No Will Fuller, who they thought was going to bring that big play element. Waddle has been, you know, has had his ups and downs, but he's had no explosive plays. You know, you brought him in because of his ability to make guys miss. He's done none of that. And for a guy who took sixth overall, he's been, again, it's obviously early. And we're not going to put labels on rookies, you know, four games into their career. But he's been not what Miami thought. And obviously, you know, I mean, they have no running game. They have no running game. Gaskin's been terrible. You know, not all because of him. Malcolm Brown is, you know, fine at best. And that offensive line, which I had concerns about coming into the year, just felt like they never really addressed it once and for all. It's, I feel like in, it's starting to come back and bite them. And, you know, Tua's been fine at times when healthy, but we all know his lengthy injury history. Jacoby Brissett, a good backup. But there's a reason why he's a backup in this league. The Dolphins are—they're taking a few steps back, and I think I'm not—you know—they shouldn't make any radical changes. But if this continues, I think they have to look themselves in the mirror and definitely make some changes at some key positions. In my mind, mainly the offensive line. Yeah, I mean it's it's really disappointing, especially on the defensive side of the ball, because that's where they want to win football games. So I think if you're going to do some reflecting, that's where it needs to go especially on the coaching staff because when you have a when you ha- don't have a drop off in talent and it's just a drop off in performance a lot of times that is that can be on coaching and uh that's uh that's something they have to figure out. They need a better pass rush. Jalen Phillips has looked good. Uh corner PFF, he has 10 pressures, which is good for fourth among rookies. So I definitely think they have a nice gem in Phillips, but I feel like they do need more as well from that edge rusher position. So now let's go Packers against the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals 3-1. and 3-1, and one, leading that division, playing great football all around. I do think the, I think the, you know, there's, the Bengals are going to get a wake-up call here. I still like Burrow. I think Burrow's going to have a nice game. And I, and I think the Bengals are really building something that can be sustainable, especially if they add to that offensive line and defense. But this Packers team is a win-now team. And this Packers team is finally getting on track after, you know, an embarrassing loss to the Saints in Week 1. Rodgers is really finding his groove. And I don't even know if he's found his groove completely with Adams. You know, he's been a, a good Adams game, then a, you know, bad Adams game. Randall Cobb scored two touchdowns. If I know that that obviously is probably more of a mirage than anything. But if all of a sudden you get Randall Cobb going in this passing game... That that is really you know just so dangerous knowing how great this Packers offense was. The law no Jair Alexander that concerns me. That re- you know I have some questions. Yeah, you signed Jalen Smith. I think Jalen Smith has a lot of talent, 
But we all know he's not the best in coverage, which is a big reason why Dallas moved on from him. So I definitely think, you know, there's going to be some coverage issues, you know, down the road for Green Bay. Bengals have a really talented wide receiving core. But I think, you know, this Packers offense against this Bengals defense is just such a mismatch. Packers, again, kind of where they are in their window versus where the Bengals are. I like Green Bay to win, but I do I do like when since he's building, they're just going to face a team that's just more talented than they are this week. Yeah. I mean, think about who Cincinnati Bengals have played. They've beat the Vikings, they beat the Jaguars, and they beat the Steelers. Those are teams that they can beat. Those aren't, you know, some of them are impressive victories, sure. But those are teams that, that, that we think there can be teams that are kind of in that in mid that range. to lower tier that are not, you know... And even the Jacksonville contenders. Win, they probably should have beaten Jacksonville by more than they did. Right. Let me say this about the Green Bay Packers. That offense is scary. And it's just... It's, it's, it may be scarier than last year. I think, I think it is. They played a, the, a Pittsburgh Steelers team last week that is has been really, really bad. And that defense did not play great, but there's still a top 10 defense in this league, in my opinion, uh, certainly talent-wise. And for the most part, they took Devontae Adams out of the game. That was the game plan. That's 17 is not going to beat us. 18 beat them. You know, that, I mean... They, the running they, game. The running game. Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon. Picked up nice chunks, seemed like each and every play. Especially in the second half. Uh, They, you know, there are other options for Aaron Rodgers to utilize, and Randall Cobb was highlighted as a potential target to go along with potential guys like MVS, who did not really play a big role. Lazard. Lazard. Nice complimentary piece. Tanyan. There are are weapons uh, in this this Green Bay offense. If you take one out... They have the capability to utilize and find guys, and I think it's going to be a little bit of a dominating win here for the Packers. And we all know since he's secondary isn't anything to brag about. No, it's not. So now, speaking of those aforementioned Pittsburgh Steelers, one and three. You know, when when was the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers were in this one and three hole with such a bleak future? It's, I, I don't I. I don't. I think Were you it alive? Been a decade. Were you alive? I I I don't know. Well, no. A decade ago, it was what twenty eleven. They were yeah, coming off their Super Bowl ago, win. Yeah, twenty eleven. Right. Exactly. It feels. They were it, coming it feels, off. They're not Super Bowl win. I should say Super Bowl appearance, and you know that was obviously no, not even maybe two decades ago. Right. Right. It's before the Mike Tomlin era. Uh, no, they won with Bill Cowher. They won with Bill. They won. With, they certainly won with Bill Cowher. Maybe the pre Big Ben era. The pre Big Ben era is what I'm. Yeah. It, it's it's. It's been uh, it's been rough, and there's not and you know, I, I they don't really have a good young core either, on either side of the ball. They they've got players. They've got pieces. They've got pieces, but there's not this in my mind. There's not this whole core where you're like, okay, if they add a piece here and there at these positions, they can be great soon. This seems like a bit of a rebuilding process, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Ben Roethlisberger right now reminds me of a fellow 2004 quarterback, and that's Eli Manning when Eli was on his last leg. And obviously Eli got a lot of backlash, and at the times, deservedly so. But, you know, as bad as Eli looked those last two years, that's kind of what I see with Big Ben. Old guy, you know, Eli was never very mobile, but he could move a little bit in the pocket. Big Ben, mobility, played a decent role in his career. He's a statue at this point 
with that being said, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They they're taking on the Denver Broncos. Broncos three and one. You kind of look. They beat the Jets, Jaguars, and Giants. You know they get beat up by Baltimore. Obviously, you're facing. You're not going to face teams that are that bad or that good. You know most of your schedule is going to be the in between portion. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're playing in Pittsburgh. I know that hasn't been a huge boost this year. You know, losing a game to Cincinnati and Pittsburgh definitely caught me off guard. But they do seem, at least the last few years, to play better in Pittsburgh. And I think especially if Drew Locke plays in this one, I do think they'll be able to force some turnovers. Uh, you know, bang, or Broncos pretty banged up in their receiving core. You know, they do have Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant still there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Steelers. I think I don't know if we can really call this getting back on track, but I think they pick up a much needed win. You know, against a Broncos team that, you know, has played really well against good teams, but also they're gonna be playing better teams. Or sorry, really well against bad teams, and now their schedule gets a lot more difficult. Yeah, I mean when when you watch uh, the only bright spot for the Steelers game against the Green Bay Packers was that this offensive line... The Broncos aren't the Packers, though. The the Well, the Broncos aren't the Packers. They have a better defensive line than, than, that is true. than Green Bay your, does. Your offensive line, it was a cause for concern, and it's been everything that... Every cause for concern and more. Yes, but they played actually a, like probably B to B-minus football against the Green Bay Packers, which is an upgrade from D... Plus to see football. I, I see your offensive line expectations are becoming what like mine were with the Giants, which is never a good thing. Yeah, that that's true. You know, when you're when you're excited about a B minus game, that's how you know you're starting to get into like Giants right. offensive line territory. But it was re- even a B minus game resulted in Najee Harris being able to run for over four yards to carry and build some momentum. Obviously, as they got down the score, but they were able to they ha- weren't doing that as much, uh, and the game was characterized by missed opportunities. And it showed Big Ben's age. Even with time to throw, he missed Juju Smith-Schuster twice, both of which would have resulted in touchdowns. Routine third-down throws on the sidelines, missed. And, there's, there's, and he admitted there's something mechanically off of his lower body. He's dealing with hip issues, pectoral issues, because he's getting hit around 10 times a year. And he's getting older. You know. <laughs> I think that's another thing. I, 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 there is something wrong. It's called age and father time. Right. So he just he's having trouble making these throws to receivers that are frankly open. Um, and, uh, you know, you can make the whole, there was a whole argument la- uh, last week as well that they, Pittsburgh should have, the, 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 it should have had seven points at halftime. It should have been up 17 to 14 at halftime. And because obviously of the, the whole complexity okay. of the game changes when, you know, you're up. Three. Right. And then those two missed plays uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So missed opportunities could have resulted in this being a much closer game. And I really thought that the defense kind of gave in at the end, laid down um, in, in the fourth quarter, um, which really you can't do, and that's a reflection on coaching. And, and, and Mike Tomlin, who I think the Steelers are going to look themselves in a mirror and, and, and address that soon enough. But I just don't see, even if this offensive line has another day, I, I, there's no reason for me to be that Big Ben Roethlisberger can make the throws against a very, very solid Denver defense. And even if, I think the Steelers' defense will keep him in it, will keep him close. I think this Denver offense has been overhyped and overrated because of the opponents that they've beaten. Um, but I just don't think it's going to be enough uh, from the Steelers on the offensive side of the ball. You're going Denver. I'm going Pittsburgh. I still have a tiny bit of faith, although... Nothing really telling about their long term future, even if they do get even if they do get the win on Sunday. 
So now the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Carolina Panthers. Panthers getting their first loss of the season against the Dallas Cowboys. I think this Panthers team, I don't know if they're a 3 and one type of team, but I think this is still a you know, really solid football team that's on, that's on their way up. They're trending in the right direction. I really like some of the pieces they have, both offensively and defensively. And, oh, yeah, they just traded for Stephon Gilmore. That secondary, when healthy, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, it's probably their biggest weakness. All of a sudden, you have Gilmore, J.C. Horn, if he comes back, who's playing tremendous football as a rookie. Unbelievable. C.J. Henderson, your corner three, and you have guys like Dante Jackson. And, oh, yeah, Jeremy Chin, who, if not for Chase Young... We would be talking about Chan as the defensive rookie of the year last year. So, all of a sudden, this Panthers secondary, it's just a tons of athletic playmakers all over the field. Add in, you know, guys like Brian Burns and Derek Brown. I really love what the Panthers are building. I think they get the win here at home against the Eagles. I think it's close. You know, Eagles have, you know, not a great game against the Chiefs last week. But Eagles have played some competitive football over the last, you know, few weeks. I think the jury is still out on Nick Sirianni as a head coach. So I think the Eagles, they'll be able to keep it close for a good chunk of the game. But I do think the Panthers, they'll pull away late. And I think I do like Carolina in this one at home. Yeah, I like Carolina as well. They're, they've been playing really complete and complimentary football. And they've done what they want to do. They haven't turned the ball over all that much. They've been explosive on offense when they needed to. And when they get Christian McCaffrey back going to get more explosive and uh, he might even come back this week exactly so and that, that defense is really exciting if they can put it all together this week that's it, the this week it'll be a question mark just because horn's obviously injured and gilmore's still injured so it's really you're relying a lot on cj henderson and we saw you know he did struggle last week but i you know you're not facing the cowboys you're not facing the cowboys receivers and also i think when guys do get healthy Henderson is your quarterback three. I mean, there's a reason why he was a top ten pick just a year ago. Yeah, exactly. And and also this this I think they'll be able to to get pressure on on Jalen Hurts in the, in the, in this game with that pass rush that has played fairly well this year as well. Now going on, Tennessee Titans taking on the zero and four Jacksonville Jaguars. As based on all the storylines this week, I'm shocked that the Jaguars actually have a game. Uh, the Urban Meyer experiment. I didn't love it going in. Uh, I didn't. I thought the clock was ticking almost as soon as he got hired. I was not a fan of the hiring at any point. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't know it'd get the. I didn't think it'd be like this, and it's been really bad at distractions galore. You can't do that. You know, you can't have all these distractions that really, you know, you're you're bringing into your locker room. And now you've lost the trust and respect of all your players. You have to build that back up while you're trying to win. I mean, you're 0-4, too. I mean, that's a distraction within itself. I, I, I'm, I'm picking the Titans. I, I have concerns about this team, though. I mean, the Tennessee Titans, their defense stinks. They were, I mean, we saw no Brown and Julio Jones. Okay, you're, you know, you're facing the Jets, though. You'll lose to the Jets. There's a problem right there. When you lose to the Jets, you know something's wrong. They're missing Arthur Smith. You know, Arthur Smith might not be a great head coach, but I think we're seeing, you know, the effect of losing him as the offensive coordinator. Derrick Henry's still running the ball pretty well. Um, Tannehill has been okay, but he's been, you know, fine, but nothing more. You know, he people were thinking he's a top-ten quarterback. 
He's been he's not been that this year. I think they're really you know they're really feeling the loss of Arthur Smith. I think they do get a win, but that's more on who they're playing than themselves. And then offensive line hasn't been good either. Let's remember that. Um, the defense putrid. It's awful. The pass rush. They they went out and got Bud Dupree and the think that they could pair him with Harold Landry. They've underperformed. And that secondary is horrible. It might be the worst in football. It's possible. They drafted Caleb Farley. I still think Farley can develop into a good corner, but you need a lot more than that to have success. Exactly. It's been, it seems like a problem that they think is going to fix itself, and it hasn't. They'd probably win this division, but right now this is the worst division in football. Exactly. It's, this game could be close just because of how bad Tennessee's defense is playing. Um, but I, th- I think Trevor Lawrence has a nice game. I really, I think the Jaguars are going to put up points. I think Robinson has a big game. I think Chanel can have a huge potential, huge game, especially we know DJ Shark. But so the Jaguars are going to score points. I just think this Titans offense, with potentially the return of at least AJ Brown, I think they'll you know, you know they'll I think they'll pull it out in the end. But nah, this is Titans need to get their act together if they want to have any dream of you know making a deep playoff run. And it's also about this week, for me, is getting Ryan Tannehill's confidence back up against a, against a team that has, you know, a, 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 another poor defense. Just, just that's allowing what it him But to, that's what it should have been against the Jets. That's what it should have been, but now that's what it has to be. So we both like the Titans, but mainly because of who they're playing and not the team that they are right now. So now, this might be the game of the week. Cleveland Browns taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Both teams 3-1. and one. Feels like the Chargers are getting stronger as they go on. We learned, though, this week that Baker Mayfield has a torn labrum. And he's been playing with it for a bit now. But I think it's it's starting to show up at least a little bit. Or for maybe another reason why he's not playing well. But so far this year, Baker's not playing great. And, you know, they're getting wins with a very good running game and very good defense. But now you're facing Justin Herbert. And this Chargers offense seems to be picking up steam each and every week. You have to fly to L.A., which I think is, you know, a bit of a challenge within itself. I like the Chargers here. I think they have all the momentum. They got a huge win against the Chiefs, another division win in prime time against the Raiders. I I like the Chargers. Justin Herbert was my MVP pick for a reason. It seems like he's getting stronger and stronger each and every week, as is this offense. I know he didn't have a big week against the Raiders, but Mike Williams has been a huge surprise. All of a sudden, he's looking like the you know top 10 pick that the Chargers took him years ago. And the Chargers defense, although it's been suspect at times, it's been good enough and you know has been getting turnovers at the right spot. Guys like Asante Samuel has have really stepped up, and I think they'll be able to do enough against you know a Browns offense that you know has been good at times, but hasn't really had that same explosiveness. Odell and Baker Mayfield are not on the same page whatsoever. Baker missed multiple throws to Odell that would have That's had, a surprise. That would have had <laughs> that would have had huge, huge chunk plays. This Browns offense, I'm a, I'm a little concerned of because I don't you know I don't know how sustainable this is when you're going up against teams like the Chargers. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Chargers as well. It, it the Chargers just seem strong. They seem and they're getting better each and every exactly. week. Exactly, and I think Brandon Steeler as a head coach is getting better each and every week. He's learning the he's kind of learning it as he goes along, which isn't great. But I think the extent in which he's doing it really lines up with also the youth and 
and learning experience of this entire organization. Yeah, and and I I just tend to think that both the Chargers' defense and Justin Herbert are playing better each week. And there's not a lot of points on the team where you can say, wow, that's a gaping weakness. Um, And right now the quarterback play for Cleveland is a little bit. And they have to travel. I know, I know. You know, the Chargers don't have necessarily fans, but making that trip to the West Coast is always difficult, right? You know, I know Cleveland's maybe not completely on the East Coast or anything like that, but definitely, you know, there's definitely a time difference, and that definitely does weigh on you. Yeah. Now going to the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields officially being named the starter, really for the rest of the year, barring you know a collapse or injury of some sort. Taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders coming off their first loss of the year on Monday night, short week against the Chargers. If this game were in Chicago, I might pick the upset and go with the Bears. But, you know, again, Bears having to travel to Vegas. I think this Raiders offense, you know, p- typically plays better in a dome, which is what they're going to be in in Vegas. I like I like this Raiders offense. This Bears defense isn't what we're accustomed to seeing. You know, it's been... It's had some nice games at times, but against an offense like the Las Vegas Raiders, I think their car is going to get back on track this week, put up points. I, th- I really like this Raiders offense uh, as a whole, especially in a dome stadium this week. And I just don't know if the Chicago offense, led by Justin Fields in his young career, can catch up with such an explosive uh, opposing offense in Derek Carr's Raiders. Yeah, I think I, I think this could be a close, a very close game. Um but I think to me it's going to depend on how comfortable is Justin Fields. And he looked pretty comfortable last week, and you know I know he's against the Lions, but you know it's not like he's facing this great secondary now in the Raiders. Well, the Raiders defense has played well this it's year. It's better. It's been and better than we thought. And their pass rush has been quite good. And against it's better the, than Detroit's. But you know I we saw how he was against Cleveland. That but Chicago it's not as good. offensive line is not good, Alex. Oh, I know, and it's going to show I itself, know. and I think it will. And I, I think know, I know a bad offensive line when I see it. Yes, certainly. I'm 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 learning. I'm learning. You're learning, right? You're coming along slowly. I'm coming along slowly, uh, perhaps not as slowly as as as, as, I, as I might want to. Right. Um, or as slowly as the Steelers' offensive line is moving. Exactly. Um, I'm I'm gonna pick the Raiders. I think it's gonna be a competitive game, but I I just think that you gotta go with the experience. You gotta go. With- I just I just think this Bears team and specifically their defense will just be overwhelmed by the Raiders offense. Yeah, I I I'm, I think one once the Raiders probably get up by a couple of scores, it's really gonna be hard for the Bears to kind of will their way back in it. Right, right. So we both got the Raiders going to four and one the year. Really nice start to the season for the Raiders. I picked the Chargers last week, so although the Raiders lost, my opinion of them does not change that much. So now we began the podcast talking about, you know, division matchup, best division in football, Rams, Seahawks. Now we go to the other two teams in the West, the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals you know, this, again, it's not a huge difference, maybe, you know, with obviously weather-wise and, you know, they're both on the West Coast. But I think this game being in Arizona means something. And I think this, you know, the Cardinals fan base isn't known as being this, you know, hectic fan base that really makes 
the their environment is so hostile, like places like Seattle or Green Bay or Minnesota or the Superdome in New Orleans. But I think, you know, I know they had that great Cardinals team with Carson Palmer that almost led them to the Super Bowl. But it feels like this almost has, you know, a different feel with Kyler Murray, the MV, you know, maybe the MVP front runner, the number one pick just a couple years ago. I just feel like this Cardinals fan base is really starting to rally around this Cardinals team, maybe even more so than that team led by Carson Palmer. I think it's exciting. It's young. They see a future with it, you know, led by not just, you know, uh, Murray, but they have, you know, guys like Hopkins and you see guys like Byron Murphy been a little underrated this year. He's been playing better football this season. and you know, good football. Very good football, considering what else they have to work with in that secondary. You know, we'll see if he can cover the best of the best wide receivers. But, you know, he's been playing very good football. And also, you know, we don't really know what we have in Trey Lance. Trey Lance is, I expect Trey Lance to start this game. He's had his moments. But, you know, other than that wide open touchdown he threw against Seattle... Niners weren't really able to move the ball much in the second half with Lance at quarterback. I think Lance, you know, will be able to, you know, have some nice flashy plays, but I still think he's really learning, you know, to be a consistent player at the NFL level. And I think against a defense that hasn't been as bad as we thought. In fact, I mean, they shut down the Rams for the most part, which was a big surprise to many, myself included. So I expect this Cardinals defense to continue to prove, you know, people wrong and play better than they think, and, you know, I expect Kyler to have, an, Kyler's going to have another huge game. He basically had a huge game without DeAndre Hopkins, who got shut down by Jalen Ramsey. This Niners secondary is, they don't have their Jalen Ramsey, so I like this Cardinals team at home. They're exciting, they're young, and I think it continues with a 5-0 and start. 5-0! and Did not see that coming from the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with it, too. I've been picking the Arizona Cardinals. I think it could be a dominating win, Alex, frankly. Um, not because the Niners are necessarily a really poor. The Cardinals are feeling themselves. They're confident. Maybe cocky, but in a good way. Exactly. And and especially the passing game. It feels like really no secondary is able to match that mojo. They've got they got guys left and right. You know, and, and you forget about some of these these guys, like including AJ Green. Or how about uh Andy and Andy Isabella, Christian Kirk. Rondell Moore's been a huge you know, he's been He's been the guy that many people thought he could be coming out of college just without all these injuries. You know, he was potentially a first-rounder before the injuries kind of, you know, took a lot of his playing time away from, you know, college. He's been great. And even, like, I really love the combo of James Conner. Goal lineback, ground and pound, smash football against Chase, you know, with Chase Edmonds. Thunder and lightning. Thunder and lightning, exactly. Guy who's more, you know, swift, makes guys miss you know, great out of the backfield, you know, as a receiver. So I really love that combination. Cliff Kingsbury, I thought he was on the hot seat coming into this year. It seemed like it was a questionable hiring at the time and has been since. He's been, you know, pushing all the right buttons so far. We'll see if that continues. But right now, Cardinals are playing great football, all three phases, coaching great from the coaching staff. It'll be interesting to see, can they keep it up? Because, you know, as great as that win was against L.A., I don't know if they can, if they played the Rams... 10 times, I don't know how many times they can beat them. And, you know, maybe yeah. maybe that's not a mirage. And maybe, you know, maybe we're slow to keep up with this Cardinals team, as a lot of defenders are trying to keep up with Kyle Murray. But I, I want to see this Cardinals team play Seattle. I want to see them play the Rams, play these very good teams to really see, okay, was that game a mirage? Or are they really this good? 
Although right now, I think it's tough to see them not making the playoffs. Well, let's remember, Alex, they started fast last year, too, before really cooling down at the end of the season. But they, there's something different about this year. Like, even last year's team would not have done... I completely agree with you. I just want to point at that out so we keep fair. it in perspective. They would not have done... The Cardinals last year would not have done to the Rams what this Cardinals team did last week. That mean, I think I think that's certainly true. I I I like the Cardinals here. They're 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 just gonna pick apart this Niners secondary in in a kind of a brutal way. They're just gonna kind of take take a knife and just tear them through the middle. It seems like I I just I can't really see uh, the Niners not allowing multiple big plays. I do too, and I think this Niners offense could play pretty well. Kittle, Debo Smith, Debo Samuel has had a huge year, and you know this Cardinals defense has been good. But Niners also have a good offensive line. But I just think that it's going to be really tough to keep keep up with this Cardinals offense, and you're relying on a guy making his first career start to do it. Exactly. So now the New York Football Giants coming off a big, huge upset over the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome, taking on the Dallas Cowboys, three and one, playing great. I thought I was higher on the, I wasn't high on this Cowboys defense, but I feel like I was higher on this defense than most. So that surprises me a little. I think it's not surprising me as most as some are surprised. You know, and what's great is that rookie class has been tremendous, not just with Micah Parsons, but going back to, you know, pro football focus, they took, you know, most pressures among pass rushers for and this is among rookies. Micah Parsons is one, and I don't think that surprises many. But number two is Osa Odigizua, who's their defensive tackle, I believe out of UCLA. He's been huge the last few weeks as, you know, even if you're just a casual football fan, whenever I watch a Cowboys game, it always seems like his name pops up on the screen three, four times a game. So, you know, Cowboys defense playing much better. Trayvon Diggs has been great. Uh, Look, I'm going to go with the Cowboys, but I need to say this about Daniel Jones. Yes, I'm probably going to be called a homer for this. Probably by you, Shy. But it's a little bit of a homer. Through four weeks, Daniel Jones has been the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. No caveat. Daniel Jones, right now, right this moment, is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL, period. Jones. So, just a couple statistics to pull up. Daniel Jones is tied with Kyler Murray. Yes, MVP frontrunner Kyler Murray for most consecutive games with a 90-plus passer rating. Daniel Jones last week, game on you know game on the line, fourteen of nineteen for two hundred yards in the fourth quarter in overtime. Fourteen of nineteen over two hundred yards, threw for over four hundred. He's putting this team on his back. He's averaging averaging just about seven yards per carry. He's running the football as well as being an efficient passer. Only has one interception this year, and it was on a hail mary. Daniel Jones is playing great football. I do like the Cowboys to win. But right now, Daniel Jones is putting this team on his back, on his back, not turning the football over, playing incredible football. I think that continues, but I think the Cowboys, against the Giants defense that has not proved they can close out games, I think this Cowboys offense really gets going, especially late, and pulls out a win. I don't want to... I feel like I keep going with the momentum, but I'm going to take your Giants. Um, I, I would take the Giants if games were like 58 minutes. But because the games are 60 minutes, I went with the Cowboys. Look, the Cowboys necessarily don't have a, have a great history of clo- of closing out games either. It's division football. I like your Giants to, to make enough stops 
And Daniel Jones, I think he's going to make some plays. Hey, he's on pace for a 66% completion percentage and just, you know, just four picks. And again, the one pick he threw this year was on a Hail Mary where he kind of just said, you know, he just chucked it up. So Dan Jones playing incredible football. He's putting the team on his back. He has been the most underrated quarterback in the NFL, period. And the Cowboys defense has no Saints defense either. And Trayvon Diggs, as great as he's been, he's known to be aggressive. We'll see if the Giants try to run some double moves to try to get him to bite and come down. And you can throw it over the top. Now, Sunday night game doesn't get much better than this. The Buffalo Bills traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs. Bills playing dominating, dominating football right now. Now they also played some suspect teams. Washington they killed as with Houston, Miami. So some of their wins, their three wins, have not been against the best of teams. Chiefs not playing great football. They're 2-2, two and two, lost to Baltimore, barely beat the Browns, lost to the Chargers. I'm so tempted to pick the Bills. I really am. But for me, this is just a game that I think national Sunday night football, national TV, I think Mahomes has a breakthrough game. And I think Mahomes is going to kind of remind the audience that, no, we're still the reigning back-to-back AFC champions. I'm still here. I'm the best quarterback in the NFL. I think Mahomes has a big game. Bills, again, you know, they've, you know they're three and one, but this is their biggest test to date. I think the Chiefs kind of, you know, three and two, I don't know if you could say reclaim your throne, but I think they're going to kind of try to stick their foot in the ground and say, no, we're still here. You have to get through us if you want to win the AFC. See, Alex, I agree with everything you just said. But I can tell there's a button. The Chiefs' defense sucks. Well, it's yes, terrible. It's god awful. <laughs> it's not good for the team. That, that is it better? Wait, what do you think of the Chiefs' defense? I don't. I don't think I got that. It could be better. It could be better. There you go. Uh, it look for teams that you need to beat at this level. The Buffalo Bills. I mean, you. The you, thing you is, Bills don't. Their run defense for me might be a is a huge concern. Bills don't run the ball. <laughs> And I know the they've shown the ability to to run it at to times, exploit when they want but, to. Yeah, no. So are you are you going with the Bills? I'm going with the Bills. You going with the? I'm tempted to pick Buffalo. It's gonna be a great game. It's in it's in Kansas City. He's gonna be. It's gonna be a huge crowd. It's gonna be a fun game. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. You're going with the Bills, but we both have concerns for that Chiefs defense. And come playoff time, come January, when I think games are gonna get a lot more physical and in the trenches. I was concerned about it last year, Alex. I mean, it didn't matter until the Super Bowl where it kind of did. Yeah. Although the offense didn't really play up to par either in that game. Exactly. But I think I think Mahomes is a huge game, and I think he bails the defense out. You just can't. You can't depend on Mahomes each and every game like the Chiefs had. As great as Mahomes is, you're being unfair to him. I think that's right. So now, Monday Night Football, Indianapolis Colts against the Baltimore Ravens. No Manning cast again this week, which I think is a loss for everyone, for just about everyone. Um, I like the Ravens in this game. It was huge for the Colts to get that win against the Dolphins. It really seemed like they were free-falling. But they're just playing a much better team than the Ravens. Ravens playing pretty well. It's in Baltimore. Again, no dome. Cold weather with it being a night, night game. I expect it to be cooler at least. I like the Ravens in this game. Wentz is struggling. This offensive line is banged up. Uh, Colts have been a huge disappointment this year. I think the Colts will keep it closer than people think. I think that defense is going to be able to step up. Remember, the the Ravens, uh, they had a nice win against the Broncos. 
you know, coming off a, a poor performance against the Lions. I do think that the um, that the Ravens do win this game, but I think the Colts defense keeps it a little bit closer. So we both are ending this edition of the podcast, picking the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to do it for this edition of NFL Game Time Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our analysis of each and every game, and we'll see you next week for week six of NFL Game Time Podcast.